You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to a new episode of the Rua Space Podcast and a new series. We're so excited you've joined us today. I am Phil. And I'm Erin. And we're glad that you found us here where we explore how to make space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. So today we are launching our new Bible study. Um, our previous study has ended. You can find it now in our archives. That'll be labeled as previous studies. Um, And so now the current study that we're starting in on is about the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to be diving in over the next few weeks. um, Probably like two months or so. (laughs) I was about to say maybe a couple months instead of a few weeks here. But anyway, we'll be exploring the Lord's Prayer and learning not just the meaning behind it, but different ways that throughout church history, people have used the Lord's Prayer to pray. And there's some really cool... Um, exciting things we have to share with you about it. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the history, we'll get into the language, and even talk about how someone like Luther used the prayer and practice it as a community. So some really awesome stuff. And we picked this prayer because it's so central to Jesus teaching his disciples Mm -hmm. how to pray. Literally, when his disciples ask him in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples, Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer. Now, the difference in Matthew and Luke, there's there's actually some differences in the prayer. So we're actually going to focus on the prayer in Matthew, which is historically more the prayer most of us, you know, if we grew up in the church, memorize as kids. But this is literally God (laughs) teaching us how to pray, which is pretty cool. It's really, well, and it's really powerful because when you think about it, um, we learn a lot about prayer from other Christians. And um, so I think that's a good way to be inspired. But this is the one record we have of our Lord and Savior teaching us how he would have us pray. And so to let that sink in and realize that this isn't just like a prayer for your repertoire, This is Christ, our Lord, teaching us when you go to the Father, this is how to do it. And so uh, we're excited to get to unpack that with you because sometimes that can mean literally using the Lord's Prayer as a template to pray. But there's also, I think, lessons in what Christ is teaching us through the Lord's Prayer that we can apply to our prayer times when we're doing other forms of prayer as well. Yeah, there's a sense in which what how Jesus leads us through this prayer kind of gives us a template or insight into all of prayer, in a sense, uh, in kind of what it's meant to do. And so in today's episode, we're going to kind of just introduce it, kind of lay out the background of the prayer and where we want to go with it. And then over the coming weeks, we'll literally go line by line, sometimes word by word. And I think what it starts with is actually not the Lord's Prayer itself, but what Jesus says about prayer right before teaching the Lord's Prayer. Right, because um, again, like Phil mentioned, you can find the Lord's Prayer in two of the gospel books, Matthew and Luke. But in Matthew, it's nestled in the Sermon on the Mount. When, When you're looking at that and you 
listen to the Sermon on the Mount, it's in context of all of these other teachings that Christ then puts the Lord's Prayer. Absolutely. And so at, at one point in chapter 6, he says, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I love this because part of what's sort of behind what he's saying here is that you don't have to get God's attention. You already have God's attention. Right. You don't need to convince God of anything. God already desires to give you what's best for you. And in fact, God already knows it. It's not like our prayer awaken, you know, awakens God to something. Like God was sleeping and if we say enough words or say it in the right order, in the right time of day, that's going to get God's attention, right? As if it's like the proper sacrifice or something. What Jesus is saying is you don't have to go in that way to God. God's face is already turned toward you. God's ear is already turned toward you. We're actually invited to continue the conversation that God already started. And so I think as we pray the Lord's Prayer, that's kind of foundational for us is that we already have God's attention. Right. This is now an invitation for us to be shaped in a prayer before God. And if you're interested in more than that conversation, um, because we don't get to stay in that part long here in this episode, uh, you can go back. We do have an episode about prayer specifically, what the Bible says about prayer. And that's a really good place to go as well for some of the back. Uh, backstory, not necessarily about the Lord's Prayer, but just about a biblical perspective on prayer. So check that out if you haven't already. Absolutely. Sorry. Back to the Lord's Prayer. Here we go. <laughs> no, this is great. So prayer then in that sense is when we, if, if it's not about getting God's attention, and it's not like God is a vending machine, right? We're, we're not trying to put in the quarter in order to get something out, right? right? God already desires what's good for us. The thing then is actually, there's a part in which prayer is about us being shaped. Now, of course, we see examples throughout prayer of, of, of the authors describing God being changed, right? Like Abraham keeps talking to God about, well, if this many people you spared, if this, and he's sort of in that prayer. So it's not to say that God can't isn't affected by prayer, absolutely. But when we're talking about making space for the Spirit, there's a sense in which a large part of what prayer is about is us being shaped like clay in God's hands, right? I mean, another image used throughout scripture that God is the potter, we are the clay, right? And prayer reorients us toward what matters. It shapes us in a certain way. And so I'm just going to read the prayer really quick. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now, the very structure itself, and again, we'll go line by line through this later, but the very structure starts with praise, which is where all of it is meant to be, right? That we don't first come to God because we need something. We go to God because God loved us first, because God right. started the conversation first, because God is on the throne, and then it moves to God's kingdom. So before we ever get to provide for our needs, we're already submitting 
See, the prayer in many ways is about submission to God. So your kingdom come, your will be done. Then give us this day our daily bread. So there's a sense of God's provision. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. And we'll dive in to that link. And then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Again, it's asking for something, but it's also recognizing that God's the only one that can provide it. And then for yours is the kingdom, power, and glory. It ends again in a sense of a praise and exclamation about God. And this prayer, it's fascinating because if you look throughout it, there's terms of our Father, give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, lead us not into temptation. They're all plural. And so there's a sense in which this prayer is meant to be communal. It's meant to be about more than just me. It's not just connecting me with God, but it's meant to open my eyes to other people as well. And we're going to talk about praying like Luther in some other episodes coming up. And one of the things Luther often does with this prayer is he doesn't keep it with himself. He applies it to his neighbors. He applies it to the world because that's what it's meant to be. It's meant to open us up in that communal nature. And that shapes us. That's a habit, right? When we bring this prayer before God every day and pray it, us, our, put, putting God first, recognizing God's provision, that's going to shape us in a certain way and sort of become the habit for our day. So something that stood out to me earlier is when you were talking about each line of the prayer and the purpose or intention behind it that can shape us, um, which again, we're going into more detail in the coming weeks. So today's just about an overview. But what I noticed is at the beginning, it's a praise of just acknowledging that God is the God of the universe. He's worthy of our praise and adoration. And then that's the same thing that ends the prayer. And I know literarily when it comes to especially Bible texts, usually when you see something repeated at the beginning and the end, it's makes a set of brackets and it usually has some significant meaning for what's in between like a sandwich like a sandwich (laughs) so do you want to do you want to explain that a little bit you you got this (laughs) um well so the they call it bracketing right because the the two the two lines reflect each other and what it's supposed to do is make us aware that everything in inside that bracket is related to those brackets themselves so for example in the lord's prayer when you have it beginning with praise of the Lord and ending with acknowledgement and praise of the Lord, all of the lines in between, like give us this day our daily bread or forgive us our sins, all of those lines are meant to be thought of in relationship to this praise of the Lord. It's kind of like it tells you the theme before you start. Like this prayer is about praise. (laughs) You're going to have some different elements, but it's almost like they're supposed to be different flavors of the theme. Yeah, that means that the prayer is all about God. I mean, but <laughs> right. that's that's important because you think about like the parable of the Pharisee and tax collector, for example. When the Pharisee prays, even the parable itself is like he prayed by uh, he prayed about himself. And the tax collector, there's a sense in which he prayed about himself, but it was God have mercy on me, the sinner. And and in right. it was and, with the perspective of God being the most important thing and him acknowledging in relationship. Exactly. So prayer then is about God. It's about us connecting with God, making space to hear the spirit. And so what we end up realizing is when we pray these things to God, when we acknowledge, God, you're the one on the throne, you're worthy of all the praise. It's your kingdom, your glory, your honor. 
and then we pray everything else in light of that in the prayer, the Holy Spirit starts to reveal how those things are true in our life. So about mm-hmm. give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, may your will be done. We're praying it to God, recognizing that it's all in God's hands. We are really submitting in prayer. Prayer is largely about submission to recognize God is on the throne and we aren't. And we're really opening ourselves to say, God, reveal how this is true. Open me to see this in my life all around me. And so the prayer is about God being on the ultimate throne, God's promises, God's goodness, and then our story sort of fitting into that story. Right. Well, and I think too, um, one, the Lord's Prayer obviously coming from God himself as a way to pray, it really is going to illuminate as we study and dive into it deeper what's on God's heart and what needs to be yeah. first and foremost on our hearts. But then also what's what's very cool that we're excited to get to share with you alongside that is there are a number of different traditions and methods and habits of how Christians have used the Lord's Prayer to pray. And um, sometimes it can be literally just reading it straight, but more often than not, there's some very creative, nuanced ways that the Lord's Prayer becomes a habit-building prayer that forms and transforms over your life. Absolutely. And so our invitation then in this series would be to let the Lord's Prayer be a part of your prayer life every day. And so we're going to go line by line through it. But I, I've always thought, and I'm not saying I'm always perfect at this, but before going to like a commentary when studying the Bible, before going to what someone else said, it's often important to see what might God, what might the Spirit speak to you. Now, of course, a correct interpretation is always important, but there's a sense in which truly opening to the Spirit first is important. So what we would invite you to do then is next Friday when we dive into the first line, before then, if each day this week, take five minutes, take take even 10 minutes of silence, distraction-free time, and just pray the Lord's Prayer. And maybe pause after every line and consider what does that mean for you today? Sort of like we do in Lectio Divina. How did this phrase stand out to you? How might God be challenging you or encouraging you? Pray it many times over again. Let it become so deep in you that it comes out automatically, right? I mean, think about a song that gets stuck in your head, right? Just soak yourself in the words of the Lord's Prayer. See, how does it come up in your week then? If you're praying this every day, you're going to discover it's going to come out at some interesting times in terms of a thought, or the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you at a time because that prayer, this is how we start to pray without ceasing, right? It just becomes a part of who we are. So our invitation would be to start praying it every day. Let it be something that resides constantly on your lips when you have a moment to repeat it again, to consider it, maybe journal what comes up for you in the prayer. And then as we go line by line, you'll be able to sort of supplement, go even deeper, and I guess just get an even more holistic, hopefully, understanding of the prayer as as we do this together. And it's going to be fun because we're going to have some challenges that we do together, some times to pray it as a community, all kinds of really fun stuff. But for this first week, just pray it with a posture of listening, a posture before God of what what are you speaking to us in this prayer. So really, really fun journey ahead. We're really excited that you've joined us. Couple months in the Lord's Prayer. Um, It's going to be awesome. I think your prayer life will be changed as you journey with us in this. Now, if you're looking for previous episodes of our last Bible study, 
Just a reminder, you can find those on our website, uh, ruaspace.com, but they're now going to be under previous studies. Um, but that's where all of the earlier studies will be collected. So now the Lord's Prayer is going to be our main study. And of course, there's the podcast. We'll be doing blog episodes as well. So if you want to go and read a blog a blog post, I guess that's not an episode. If you want to go read a <laughs> blog post as well, um, we'll have some other fun challenges going on there. And we're just so glad that you tune in and you listen. And we hope that this genuinely encourages and inspires you. If you haven't already, if you could take a moment and leave us an iTunes review, that helps us be found by other people and helps more people have the opportunity to learn about the Bible the way that you're getting to. So we appreciate that. So we hope you take some time this week to dive into the Lord's Prayer, and we look forward to seeing you next week as we dive into the first line of the Lord's Prayer. Grace and peace.